Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. In Australia, you will read a lot of debate in the news about the pros and cons of NAPLAN or distress over the low levels of literacy in our schools. Closer to home, you may have talked to parent friends about the best preschool or primary school in your area. You may base your idea of the best on their students' academic outcomes. But what if the thing that's missing in our schools is more heart? What if we're looking at how to achieve educational success in all the wrong ways? Dr. Larea Martinez is a faculty member at Columbia University's Teachers College. She's also the author of Teaching with the Heart in Mind. Hi, Larea. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, this book is all about social emotional learning. But what is that? Social emotional learning is a process through which adults and children learn and practice essential skills such as being able to name their feelings, being able to manage when they have strong emotions, uh, showing empathy for others, showing compassion, being able to resolve conflicts between friends or with siblings. And it also means uh, being able to make responsible decisions, to think about the pros and cons of our actions and making sure that we are not harming others. And why is this so important in an educational setting? I mean, I'm thinking now of parents who might be worried about their children's um, reading levels or their numeracy skills. Why is social emotional learning important when you're talking about those sorts of things? Yeah, so it's important for a couple of reasons. One is the research that we have today from effective neuroscience and the science of learning and development has shown that emotions have an integral part in the learning process. So in the past, we used to think that in order for kids to be able to focus on academic learning, they needed to leave their emotions outside the door. And what we know today is that in order for students to uh, make sense of new concepts, to uh, make decisions and to learn um, new skills, emotions are necessary and they are involved in those processes. So according to Dr. Imordino Yang, who studies emotions and the brain, Um, She says that it is neurobiologically impossible to use our cognitive processing without emotions. So when we think about educational settings and how to support children in uh, preschools and in elementary schools, instruction becomes so much more effective when teachers bring in the emotions of the learner and they center their work in making sure that students not only are engaged in bringing their curiosity and having an open mind for learning, but also that they they understand their emotions and they are able to connect with the content that is being presented to them. This is something that um, I believe in Australia we talk a lot about in 
their daycare center setting. So before they get to formal education, there seems to be a lot of concentration on teaching our children skills to self-regulate. I'm curious to know what it might look like in a classroom. So for example, if it was a the first year of school, we call it kindergarten, so the children are around five or six, um, how would a teacher employ social emotional learning in that environment? Say, for example, if they're telling them to sit down on the floor and listen to them read a book, does it even come into play in that scenario? Yeah, so there are, I would say, three strategies in which you can bring social emotional learning into a classroom. And with the example of a a kindergarten classroom, there is a part that is necessary to do what we call explicit instruction for the teacher to spend, you know, 30 minutes talking about emotions, where we feel emotions in the body, um, to increase the emotional vocabulary of our children, to make sure that students have many words to describe their feelings. So that would be the instructional part where kids are learning these new concepts and have an opportunity to practice. But also when we think about pedagogy and how teachers engage students in the classroom, there are also ways in which these social emotional skills can be enhanced. So, for example, the way that teachers organize the classroom can be either supporting students' social and emotional development or it can hinder it. And we want to make sure that teachers are employing uh, strategies and tools where students are able to bring these skills. So, for example, having opportunities for students to work together in groups to have the chance to practice taking turns, uh, for example, speaking or taking turns when they are playing a board game. All of those opportunities are situations in which students can practice those skills. And many times we are going to make mistakes and we have to learn from those mistakes as we are practicing and developing these skills. And then the third part is around academic content. So there's also, there are also ways to integrate SEL with uh, what we teach. And the example that you were providing of students are sitting on the carpet and the teacher is reading a book, looking at um, literacy. Books are such an important support for social emotional learning because you can read about different kids. You can look at the characters' uh, emotions the decisions that they make in the story, think about what what were the reasons behind those decisions, what were the feelings that came up, would you do the same thing uh, if you were in that situation? Those are all opportunities to integrate SEL into the learning process. What if a child is particularly challenging in a behavioral sense? So to put it in practical terms, there's, um, let's say there's a little boy, not to generalize, but it is often boys, who is disrupting the class and might be teasing other kids or um, distracting them whilst they're working. How would a teacher employ social emotional learning to that situation? 
Sure. So SEL, uh, one of the things that we learn through social emotional learning is that behavior is communication. So when we look at a student who's maybe, you know, displaying unexpected behaviors or behaviors that we, we don't want in the classroom, the first step would be to look at what is the need that this student has that it's not being met. And that need could be attention. It could be that the student cannot engage successfully with the task, and maybe that's why they are displaying that behavior. It could be boredom. Maybe the student is bored and they are trying to find something to do. So that first step would be, okay, what is the reason? What is the need that the student has? And then based on that, the the teacher could have, um, could decide like the best way to act. If the classroom has um, taught already some SEL lessons, then the teacher could simply remind the student, remember our classroom agreements, or can you tell me how um, how we take turns or, or what are some of the things that we are supposed to do when we are working in groups, whatever that situation may be, um, and then support the student to uh, display the behavior that, that, that it's expected for that situation. But we wouldn't, I think that what what is supportive in the SEL work is that we are not looking at the behavior and trying to right away punish, but we use it as a teaching opportunity for both for the teacher and also for the child. Now, I'm really curious as to how parents might use this approach as well. Um, one thing I find very common with both my children is when we sit down to do homework and it's a new skill that they're learning, let's say it's reading, and they get very frustrated and they don't want to do it. So the frustration is partly because it's difficult and partly because they just want to play. Um, how can we as parents use SEL skills in that scenario? Yes, and thank you for bringing the homework. I think that's a pain point for many parents. <laughs> I have two young girls as well, and uh, now that they are at home uh, through distance learning and the schools are closed, uh, we have had the opportunity to spend a lot of time together. So in that situation, what I would say is that are, there are two things that happen is one, we have the emotions of the child, right? And you mentioned this child may be frustrated, but also we have the emotions of the parent. And that is such an important component of the relationship. And emotions are contagious. So if you have a child who's getting frustrated, as a parent, you probably have noticed that your stress level increases. Maybe you start sweating a little bit, or maybe you're, you, you start feeling some tightness on your stomach or your throat. We react to the emotions of our children. And many times we react very fast, right? Because it, it, <laughs> the, there, there are some triggers there. So for, as a parent, the first thing that we need to do is to notice the emotions that are happening for ourselves and be able to take a breath, Consider, are we in the in the best spot to help our child with their homework? And if the answer is like, no, I'm getting frustrated and I just want this to be done because we need to go run an errand or, or neither uh, dinner needs to be made, maybe that's not a time when the parent can really engage with that task of supporting the child with the homework. Uh, and maybe the parent needs to go outside and, and take a little break or, you know, hide in the bathroom, take three deep breaths <laughs> and ba go back to the task. 
And then we can engage with the emotions of the child and try to validate. So in SCL, we talk about validating feelings. And that's such an important part because many times we tell children in our classroom, but also at home, we, we say things like, don't cry or don't get so upset. But the feelings of the child are real to them. So by validating the feeling, what we are saying is, is for example, I understand you are frustrated. This seems like a challenging task. Let me see ways or let me find ways to help you with that exercise, right? So by validating the experience, we are telling our child, it is okay to have those feelings. And it also is an opportunity for the child to help to process, right? Because we know that if a child is in a state of frustration or anger with their homework, they're not going to be able to engage with the task and be successful. It's just going to be some, it's going to be a fight between the parent and the child. And that's not a, a place where we want to be, right? We want to make sure that that relationship is strong and that we are able to acknowledge those feelings and then try to move on from there. Once you have processed those feelings, you can move on and really focus on the task. But taking care of that emotional need is, is very important. And I would say that's always the first step in order to be successful with any task. Uh, which really does lead me to my next question. Why do you believe that this kind of learning is more important now following the coronavirus pandemic? So the the pandemic has highlighted so many challenges at the mental health level. I, I think the isolation that children have experienced, not being able to be with their classmates and not being able to see family members, it has damaged a lot of our social relationships. And we are so, uh, human beings, we are social beings. So that has been a big part. And at the same time, kids have experienced the stress of maybe losing loved ones, of parents losing their jobs because of the economical crisis that has come from the pandemic. And, and they may be dealing with very difficult situations at home. So the combination of all those factors highlights the need to really support the, the mental health of our children. And social emotional learning can be a vehicle to reconnect with, you know, for, for kids to reconnect with each other and for providers, for, for educators to pay attention to the importance of that connection and that sense of belonging in the school community so they can move forward and then really focus on the academics and all the other stuff. But I think that unless we focus on that SCL piece, it's going to be really hard to do anything else. Loria, thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. I really enjoy our conversation. That's Dr. Loria Martinez. She's the author of Teaching with the Heart in Mind, and I'll pop links to where you can find the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.